Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to Fight Talk. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is going to be a conversation I had with Chelsea Brooks, who is a female fighter. She fights out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, as well as down in Florida for American Top Team, as well as through Delgado Boxing in Atlanta, Georgia. I was linked up with her from my brother Brian Jensen from Delgado Boxing, who's a proud sponsor of the podcast. It was a great conversation. We talk about her training, uh, kind of her background. We talk to some general mixed martial arts. And we also talk about Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor because we recorded the conversation the day after it happened. So it's a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And Chelsea is a really, really nice girl, a really smart girl, a really beautiful girl. And she's a hell of a fighter. So it was really, really great to have her on the show. And before we get started, make sure, like I just mentioned, to check out Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen's a USA boxing coach, personal trainer, and MMA conditioning expert out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. That is in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Give him a call at 404-316-4516 or email him directly at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. He can also be followed on Instagram at BMJMMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out, or if you just want some I mean, just some tips, just some general tips on getting in better shape and getting you know better condition, even just kind of nutrition and that kind of stuff. He'll give you some good advice. Just hit him up. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing right now. Also, shout out to Heroes and Legends, who are celebrating 15 years in business. They are a pro wrestling collectible company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling and catch them live at the following shows. We have Universal Championship Wrestling Fury Road, that's UCW, on September the 16th in Owensboro, Kentucky. And then after that, we have WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, that's on November the 25th. And Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, two massive, massive legends in the worlds of mixed martial arts as well as professional wrestling, will be there live in the house courtesy of the folks at Heroes and Legends. They're going to be doing autographs, taking pictures, doing some interviews, telling some stories, meet and greet. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss out. I plan on being there as well. So, you know, say hey to me and say hey to the folks at Heroes and Legends while you're at those shows. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. They do the best pick'em contests in the world. Always a lot of great cash and other prizes available just for basically doing pro wrestling fantasy pick'ems. I mean, it's it's basically fantasy football, but for wrestling, and you can win awesome prizes and cash. We're talking tickets. We're talking, you know, custom-made prizes. We're talking a lot of great stuff. And check out their website because they have t-shirts available, and make sure to follow them on Twitter, at WrestleRumble, to keep up with all the contests. Last but not least... Shout out to Williamson Brothers Barbecue. They have the best sauce in the world, gluten-free, all-natural ingredients. They can be found on walmart.com. Just go to the search bar, type in Williamson Bros. Jump on their own website, williamsonbros.com. They have a wide variety of things you can try there. They have spices as well as the sauces, and they have three physical locations in the Atlanta, Georgia area. They're a family-owned business. I don't know if I just mentioned that or not, but it's worth mentioning a second time if I hadn't. They're a family-owned business, and they buy local. So they're good people. They help their own local economy, and they have the most delicious sauce in the world. You can even find it in Whole Foods. I mean, that just speaks to its natural ingredients. You can find it in, like, 2,000 locations in the southeast region throughout, you know, channels like Kroger and Publix and stuff as well. So go out, get yourself some Williamson Brothers Barbecue. 
And if you're having any trouble at all getting in touch with Williamson Brothers, which you shouldn't because they're incredibly accessible, hit me up on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. I'll make sure to get you out some sauce. I even have some for free if you just want to try it. Hit me up. I got a couple bottles left, and I'd be happy to get you some free bottles just so you can try it. That's how much I love the sauce. So with that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Chelsea Brooks here on the Fight Talk Podcast. Chelsea, how are you doing? Like, just in general, like, how's how's fighting going? How's training been going? How's life? Uh, everything is really, really great right now. You know, um, you go through ups and downs as a fighter, and only a fighter knows what I'm talking about. You, you kind of, like, uh, go through your own battles in your head and whatnot as a fighter. And um, right now, everything's very high. I'm, I'm just so happy with everything. So... I'm hoping it stays that way for a long time. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, you're 2-0 now as a professional. Uh, two decision victories against two tough opponents. Uh, I mean, your last fight was just this past month. Do you have another one lined up, or are you still working on that? No, I do have another one lined up. It's for a title fight. Um, but, you know, before I did MMA, I competed in uh, Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing, and jiu-jitsu all separately. So... So even though, um, you know, I don't have as many in MMA yet, I have several in other areas, and I think it's really helped my MMA game. And that was uh, that was my goal, was to be so well-rounded that it might make it hard for an opponent to game plan against me. And and so pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I have another one lined up. It's actually, I started fight camp last week, so I have eight, uh, seven weeks now. Um, it will be, it's October 13th, and it is in Tampa, Florida, and it is for a 145 title fight, and um, against a girl in Florida, uh, in Ocala, Florida, against uh, Team Trauma, so Trauma MMA, um, so we'll see how that goes. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'm confident about it, so... You know. Absolutely, and I like I like that approach that you took with doing the various disciplines separately because you don't hear about that as often anymore. Like, I mean, you know, when MMA first started getting big, it was usually like a specialist who would kind of learn the rest of it along the way. Like, you had like a really good jujitsu guy that like would then pick up boxing and pick up uh, kickboxing and Muay Thai and all that other stuff. And I like that you did everything separately at a high level and you put it all together to form your own MMA style and now you're taking that into mixed martial arts as a sport. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was my, my, it was like a personal goal of mine. My coach wanted me to jump into MMA a lot sooner than I did. Um, I took a little bit, I kind of took the long route. However, um, for me personally, that was just, it was a, it was a goal I had. I wanted to compete in each area, as many areas of martial arts as I could, and specifically train in those areas as well. Like, as far as boxing, I'm a registered USA boxer. I train boxing at a straight boxing gym. I don't just train Muay Thai Jiu-Jitsu, you know. Um, I competed in Muay Thai. I have a national title in Muay Thai. I have a world title in kickboxing. I've competed in USA boxing events, Golden Gloves, things like that. And then done the jujitsu tournament. Um, the only thing I haven't competed in that I do train though is wrestling because they don't have like local wrestling tournaments. Right. However, 
they have them, I would. I love wrestling, actually. I love wrestling. And so it's interesting when people are like, well, you know, how do you want me to announce you? And I'm like, I guess a, a, a kickboxer and a wrestler, but which is crazy because they're two totally opposites. Normally you're a stand-up fighter or a ground fighter, but um, I, I almost say I'm a kickboxer or a boxer and a wrestler. So I feel pretty confident with if I go against a ground girl, I have that high-level wrestling and I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, and then I feel confident if I go against a boxer that my boxing is just good, plus that, plus my kickboxing. Well, so I'm interested to know, because you're you're still a very young girl, I mean, and you have a lot of experience. Did you get into all the other disciplines of fighting like at a young age, were you already like involved in, in some sort of self-defense or some sort of MMA, uh, some sort of discipline even before like the UFC really blew up with women like Ronda Rousey and uh, Misha, Misha Tate and those kind of girls? Oh, well, um, I had already had my first few fights before women were ever in the UFC. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. So I had started um, your typical cardio kickboxing out of fight gym. And I always was very competitive growing up. And I saw these girls on the side training something separately. And I was like, what are they doing? And someone was like, oh, well, they're, they're training Muay Thai. They're going to fight Muay Thai. And I was, I kind of like sized them up. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> and, uh, and then to start training Muay Thai from there. And then literally six months later, I had my first Muay Thai fight. So it, um, it, it kind of came almost natural like I just I just enjoyed it I, I enjoy training people are like what do you do for fun though and I'm like wrestling I, I mean I don't know <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> right that's awesome so you're doing what you love you're doing what you would have been doing anyways and it sounds it sounds like the timing was really good too because you know like I did high school wrestling for instance and I'm a few years older than you are not not a whole lot older so it's still kind of in the same uh kind of generation of the back end of where there was nothing for amateur wrestlers to do after amateur wrestling. Like it was, you you know, you had your four years in high school, maybe you did your four years in college, maybe a couple years in, in JUCO possibly before that or whatever route you took. Maybe you make the Olympics and you do that, but that's really not a whole lot of money in, in the Olympics to be honest. And that's only once every four right. years. And there was nothing for, it, it was more of just like a really, really cool and useful hobby. And now, I mean, it sounds like everything worked out great for you because you. it sounds like you were kind of in that same boat where you had, like, all these skills, and now it's like, wait a second, you can do this professionally now. Now I can actually, you know, use it as a career. Well, so what happened was I had a few fights, and then um, the women women were not in the UFC yet, and I was like, and I actually got asked if I wanted to possibly try to go out to the Olympic Training Center for wrestling. Cause they needed more females and I was like what do I do you know um at that point I was like well how many female wrestlers can I name that have been in the Olympics that are on Cheerio boxes and all that like none like what am I gonna do if I go out to the Olympics what am I gonna do after that like be a high school wrestling coach right what am I gonna do so I actually took a break and I went back to college and I got two degrees and while I was in college, women were put in the UFC, and I was like, dang, I gotta hurry up. I gotta get back. <laughs> so right when I finished college, I jumped straight back into fighting, and um, 
and haven't stopped since. And I have a bunch of really good uh, opportunities coming up that I'm, I'm just kind of like knock on wood, like hoping to go through. Yeah, I hope they do for you as well. I hope nothing but good things. And, you know, I I think it's also interesting because you you fight mainly out of Atlanta, Georgia now, correct? Well, what, what do you mean fight out of? Like oh, sorry. Like, do, do, do a lot. Is, is most of your training in Atlanta? Yes, like most of my trains in Atlanta. Um, I do cross-train down at American Top Team Coconut Creek. My strength conditioning coach is actually the strength conditioning coach at American Top Team Coconut Creek in Florida. But we work via um, like a, a workout app that he sets up all my workouts in, and I have it on my phone, so I know what he wants me to do every day. And then, um, and then my nutritionist is actually down there as well. And um, I've done some cross-training with, like, my friend Tisha's uh, boxing coach, who's the assistant Olympic boxing coach out in Colorado. So I'll cross-train a little bit, but for the most part, it is all here in Atlanta. Okay, gotcha. And I was just curious because I knew that you were involved with American Top Team as well, so you, you kind of just answered my next question. And you mentioned uh, Tisha. That's uh, a reference to Tisha Torres, correct? Yes. And you've been training with her for how long? Um, well, see, I've known her since, we've known each other since, like, 2010, a long, long time. We just always had a lot in common. We're in the fight community here. Um, she fought someone I knew here in Atlanta, then she moved here. But then we were both just in the Atlanta scene. We, we got our degrees in the same area in school and just kind of, like, really clicked and became good friends. And then she went down to American Top Team Coconut Creek, and so... We were kind of, we were both the ATT girls, so anytime I'd go down there, you know, we would train together, see each other, hang out, and then we just started making it, like, more frequent. Like, she'd just come up to hang out, you know, for the weekend, for girls weekend. It's hard to find other girls you have stuff in common with in this uh, fight world. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd imagine. And uh, not even, not only that, like, y'all are very attractive women as well. I mean, like, I like that you stand for that, too. Like, I've seen some of your... uh kind of like little interviews you've done in the past or just kind of doing some research on you through Google and stuff and you seem really big on like the you know women can be strong powerful and and, and you know beautiful all at the same time and and we're seeing more yeah. and more of that in fighting and I think it's it's admirable and I think it's a great a great message and it's something that that young girls can look at and really have something you know really positive to look up to and look forward to Oh, thank you. Yeah, my, my first trainer, actually, she was really big on that. Um, her, her name is Sherry uh, Thompson. She was actually just a Muay Thai fighter. Um, she was very big on women can be strong and still be, you know, feminine. Um, unfortunately, she, she passed away at a young age, so I kind of felt like that it was my job to kind of keep that going for her. And her family still supports me, and her mom follows me and sends me, like, fight stuff all the time. Um, and my mom is very girly, so... She won't watch me fight, but she'll, like, buy me fight skirts, but she won't ever watch me fight. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can only imagine how difficult that's got to be because, I mean, even for, like, anyone watching their son in there, you know, inside of a cage or inside of a ring, you know, doing combat with someone, I, I, I'd imagine, you know, I don't have any children myself, but, you know, if I had a son, I'd be worried, but, geez, if I had a daughter, I'd be, it'd be so difficult to watch, uh, but I'm, I'm sure they're super supportive, and it sounds like that they are. Well, my, my dad has watched some of it. He, um, I think he, he watched my first Muay Thai fight, and then he watched 
like a bell ceremony, like a jiu-jitsu bell ceremony. And it was so funny afterwards. He was like, I felt bad for the guy that was your partner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> killing the guy. And uh, so he, he just knows that I can take care of myself kind of thing. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, you know, you, you mentioned you do uh, a lot of boxing. And the way that me and you link together uh, today is through my brother, Brian Jensen, who works with Delgado Boxing in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, what has been your experience with Delgado Boxing? Because Paul's a guy, uh, I don't know him very well, but I've known him, you know, through Brian for, I mean, like a decade or so now. Um, what's been your experience over there at Delgado Boxing? Because they're actually a sponsor of my show as well. No, I love Delgado Boxing. It's kind of... You know, every gym has their own vibe. You know what I mean? You got to find that gym that you click with, the trainers that you click with. And as far as MMA, I'm at American Top Team Atlanta. I click there. I click with my coach there. I've had for five years. The people there, just the atmosphere. It's not your typical cardio kickboxing gym. It's like a grimy fight gym. And Delgado's is is, is much cleaner than my <laughs> fight gym. But, um, but it's still got that, like, old-school boxing gym kind of feel. And I love that. Like, I love just having, I, I don't want everything to be, like, shiny and perfect, you know? Like, this is a fight game. It's not supposed to be, you know, uh, I don't know, sh shiny and perfect, but like I said. So, I like that Delgado's a little bit rougher, that they really put you in there. And, like, when we spar, when the guys are in there sparring, they're going hard. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. blood stains on the, on the canvas, on the ring. They're trying to drop each other. They're getting each other ready for war. And that's what a training partner does. But they really care about each other, too, you know? Like, I've never walked in there and seen any person there in a bad mood or or with a bad attitude or anything, you know? And everyone supports each other. A couple of them, you know, they, they, don't, they don't know anything about MMA, and they came to my MMA fight, you know? And Christian, my boxing coach that I work with, they have a couple different coaches and you kind of like find the one that you, that you work with the best and I work with Christian and I mean you're with your coaches so much you're with them more than your family and they become your family and Christian really just he gives me advice like I'm his little sister and you know um, he knows everything going on in my life or if I'm upset I can call they, they give you like life advice too you know and um, so everyone at Delgado is just super awesome super nice and um, I really feel um supported and loved and welcomed there all the time and then they let me bring other people in to help me get ready so when i'm getting ready for an mma fight i'll bring some people in from my mma gym and be like hey we just need to use the ring and they're like yeah yeah you know and they they, they make a space for us so we, we don't get bothered or whatever give us our area so i can train um i'm bringing some girls in tomorrow to spar with me um they always make you know everyone very welcome um that then needs to come help me too that's great to hear it sounds like they have a really good culture over there and you know that's great that they can accommodate you and your other training partners to help you get prepared you know i haven't heard any bad words uh from their end about you either i mean just for what it's worth everything they've ever said about about you just i mean the little bit that i hear just here and there like i've always heard nothing but positive stuff uh, I was I was really looking forward to interviewing you because of that because I've just heard such great things uh, just throughout the last months even um, and just following your career uh, just these last two fights that you got into the the pro MMA world um, and speaking of boxing you know we are recording this I don't know when it's going to air it'll be sometime this week most likely but we're recording this the day after Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor um, I know you watched the fight we texted about it a little bit uh, before the show. 
What were your thoughts on that fight? Um, I thought that, first of all, Conor McGregor did a much better job in boxing than I think a lot of people thought he would. He looked um, like a boxer in the first few rounds. However, I think he was going for those hard, those heavy hits the whole time in the first few rounds, and Mayweather had a really good game plan. His game plan was tire him out for the first few rounds and then beat him beat him with the scorecard, and that's what he did. Um, my experience in MMA and boxing is in MMA, you get very tired going up and down, up and down, like they take getting the takedown and getting up, but you get those moments where like you're in the clinch or you're on the ground holding them on the ground that you get to rest. And in boxing, my experience, I get much more tired in my boxing fights um, than I do in my MMA fights because you are going fast the whole time. You don't slow down. You don't have those moments of, like, clinch, really, or, you know, holding someone on the ground, holding them on the ropes. You're just going, going, going. And um, it was it's kind of – it was so funny to watch the fight as an MMA fighter. Probably more entertaining for someone like me to watch it than a boxer to watch it because – I kept seeing Conor McGregor, like, grab the double underhooks. And we're like, oh, he wants to like, drop for, like, a double leg or something right now. Right, or, right. you know, see him, like, take his back. And we're like, oh, he wants to do a front leg trip right now. So we could see where, like, you know, it's natural natural uh, body instinct once you've been doing MMA so long to, like, do those things. And he had to, like, stop himself. And Floyd capitalized on that with his roles being really low because then Conor kept getting in trouble for hitting him in the wrong place. This is, you know, boxing rules. And, um, and you know, Floyd let him get tired, and and Conor got tired, and they capitalized on it. And I don't think, I, in a way, the fight could have been stopped a little too soon. However, in a way, it wasn't. Because if they go by the rules that the person is not actively defending themselves for one minute, nor are they throwing punches for one minute at the same time, then the fight is stopped then the ref stopped the fight according to the boxing rules, you know? So everyone can sit there and say, oh, he wasn't knocked out. He could have gone until he was knocked out. But, you know, why let him get knocked out and suffer brain damage and concussions when the, the rules are clear, the, the ref stopped it according to the rules, you know, pe- people get hurt enough in sports like these, um... And it's it's more of an ego thing to want to go until you get knocked out, but you know I, I think the rest is the safer thing. However, I also do think that boxing is very political, so I don't know if it was biased or not. Um, but I think either way, Floyd was going to win regardless. So, uh, but there's been a lot of you know back and forth on that on that stoppage. Right. Well, you know, I couldn't have said any of that better myself. I think that that analysis was was great on the fight. And, you know, in my opinion, I can't say that it was stopped early. I agree with you there, you know, especially with what you you just said. I mean, knowing that if they're not throwing any punches for a minute and they're not defending themselves for a minute and, I mean, they're taking damage, that's what the ref's there to do is to prevent the, the guy from taking more damage than he has to. And, and I... You know, being so used to watching MMA, I would have preferred to see Conor go down. But as a fan of Conor and a fan of boxing also, to be honest, like, I had no problem with how this played out. Because at the end of the day, what's 
what's really the, di- the difference between how it was stopped and letting Connor stand there on spaghetti legs against the ropes for a few more seconds while the best boxer of our generation just tees off on him? Like, it just, yeah. you know, I, I think it was, and I think everybody won in this scenario. I think the UFC won, Connor won, Pro Boxing won. I mean, I'm more excited as a fan now for uh, Triple G and Canelo than I was before this fight. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching more Pro Boxing. Uh, you know, Dana White won, the money team won, everybody won. And I think that, you know, if and when Connor comes back to the UFC, he's an even bigger star now than he was before. And the trickle-down effect is going to help the athletes because when when somebody's making more money, you know, most of the time it's going to trickle down to where everybody winds up making more money. So, so hopefully this helps the fighters out too, you guys who are actually in there doing it because... You know, when you have somebody go over into the world of boxing and make $100 million to show up for a fight, and that's before all the back-end stuff, when he comes back into MMA, he's not going to do it for what he was before. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to get $100 million ever from the UFC, but he'll get more than, like, the 10 he was getting before. And, and, and that's going to increase, you know, the leverage other fighters have, and they're going to be able to request more money, and they're going to have more options to go into pro boxing and to go do other things, and I think it's going to help everybody involved. So I, I I really liked how everything turned out. Another thing, a lot of the a lot of the like MMA fans, are, you know, don't know because they're not boxing people, or a lot of the keyboard warriors, you know, that have never fought before, don't know. Is in boxing and MMA, like the money is very different. In boxing, um, unless unless Connor and Mayweather did their own thing, totally different. Um, as far as what I'm under, what I understand from my friends that actually are world ranked pro boxers, from what I've learned. Um, the money that they sign the contract to make is what they make win or lose. Whereas in MMA, you make this much for showing up, you make this much if you win. Right. So MMA fans kept saying, oh, they shouldn't have stopped it, let him keep going. I've seen tons of people come back from that. Okay, but here's the thing. He was already injured, he was down. Why let him get hurt? He could possibly come back, but he most likely was not going to. Either way, this is boxing. Either way, whether he comes back or not, He's going to make the same amount of money, win or lose. So why take more brain damage if you're going to end up making the same amount of money? And at the end of the day, we know Connor and Mayweather are businessmen. So oh, yeah. it's not MMA where you're hoping for that comeback so he can knock the other person out so he can double his salary. You, know, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you, um, just to follow up on that, because that's interesting you brought that up, and I've actually heard Ariel Hawani from the MMA hour talk about this a bunch of times also as a fighter yourself would you prefer I mean obviously guaranteed money always sounds great but do you do you prefer as like an athlete having the incentive of having a win bonus or would you like it uh similar to what we see in boxing where it's just a set win or lose you make the same amount of money and and you know you don't have to worry as much about taking that extra damage to make what you what you would if you were to come back and win a fight you were losing um honestly i would like it like boxing because i still think that people have an incentive to want to win because if you don't put on a good show and you don't win you're not guaranteed another fight which means you're not guaranteed any more money or, or another paycheck at all great point yeah great point so. I mean, but they might still they might still do like you know fire the night bonus or submission bonus things like that. Um, but I definitely think that that they should you know I, I like the way the boxing does it where it's a set amount whether you win or lose. Um, but uh, I, I don't think MMA will ever be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, 
and then they saw such a young sport at you know 15 years or so at like a as, as what we would probably call like modern day mixed martial arts and I mean I think it's crazy I think it's crazy that like this McGregor Mayweather stuff is over uh because I'm I'm excited to see what happens next but that was just such a huge spectacle that I mean hey I think all of combat sports it all got you know a raise in stock during this whole process though I think that you know and, and to all those people just for the record that I see on like Twitter and Facebook and stuff that are like that are bashing this fight I challenge you as you know these keyboard warrior boxing critics who never clearly never watch combat sports like show me some fights that you think if you thought that was such a boring fight or unexciting fight please hit me up on twitter at fight talk underscore and and send me some links to some fights that you think are so much better than what happened last night like outside of maybe outside of maybe some sweet you know mike tyson knockouts and some you know really good ali stuff i mean there's some good clips out there but show me any Floyd Mayweather fight that happened in the last 10 years that was as exciting as what we saw last night. I don't think you can find yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I think a, a lot of people that don't understand the sport, they just want to see, like, blood and knockout. And for them, that's more exciting. And they don't actually understand what they're watching. You right. know what I mean? Like, when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, did you see that pivot? Oh, that roll. Like, you know what I mean? It's just different. Sure. Um, the only thing I thought weird that Mayweather was doing was he was following Mayweather was following McGregor um, straight on a lot instead of like cutting an angle to follow him kind of like cutting off the ring like like McGregor would say be like walking back up and then say he would like turn to the left and keep walking back May- Mayweather would just keep going on the same path instead of like cutting off the ring to shorten his distance to get to Mayweather to get to McGregor sorry um, and I was watching with some teammates, and I said that to one of them, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Um, but but you know, I, I'm I'm not trying to challenge Mayweather in boxing at any any means. So whatever he whatever he did was great. <laughs> right. But I, it, it was just like something I noticed, and I was like, "Oh, like why isn't he cutting off the ring? You know, why isn't he making his distance from point A to B from where he is to McGregor shorter?" But maybe you know, maybe he has a reason why he does that. You know, I don't know. Right. Um, and I mean, from what yeah. what they've been saying after the fight, you know, Floyd changes game plan. Like I think they're saying three different times from like what Connor's saying, and I think Floyd's uh, mentioned it as well. Like he changed game plans three different times in that fight, and just to to try to you know figure it out. And I mean, he got the job done. Tenth round knockout or or technical knockout, and uh, yeah, I mean. It was great. Hey, Chelsea, before we get out of here, thank you once again for your time. What What is uh, the best place for everyone to follow you at, like your Twitter, uh, any kind of like Facebook, social media, and also make sure yeah. to, to say where, where your next fight is again. Okay, um, so I'm on Facebook, Chelsea Brooks, or on Instagram, Chelsea Michelle Brooks. Definitely uh, give me a follow. Um, and my next fight is down in Tampa on Friday, October 13th. And um, it's for 145 title fight. And, um, yeah, and then hopefully I, I might have one more for the end of the year. If not, then January I have some some big stuff starting. So stay tuned. And uh, and uh, you, you'll definitely hear and see of me quite, quite often in the next year. <laughs> awesome. I'm very much looking forward to that. Thanks again for making this happen. Uh, I'm glad that we finally got able uh, able to talk today. And I'll be in touch. Like, I definitely want to catch up again uh, leading up to your next fight and have you on the show again if you got some time. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely just let me know. I'm happy to. Awesome. All right, Chelsea. We have a great day. Okay, you too. All right, everyone. And that was Chelsea Brooks, MMA fighter. I mean, really a queen of all trades, as you heard, in just a bunch of different disciplines as far as mixed martial arts is concerned. A really nice girl, and she is a great fighter and great interview. I really enjoyed that conversation I just had there with her. Uh, make sure to follow me, like I mentioned earlier, on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Got a Facebook group as well at Fight Talk Podcast. Just search that or just search the words Fight Talk. Should come up pretty quick. Please subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. If you're subscribed on iTunes, please rate and comment. Just put a little five-star rating in there and just any comment you want. It helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. I have merchandise available at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, anything, all shapes, sizes, colors. Brand new logos this week. Got some in hand, and the rest will be going up on the website very, very soon. Grab old logos, new logos, whatever you want. And if you're having a hard time or any trouble at all getting what you're looking for, just hit me up personally, and I'll make it happen. All right, so special thanks to WrestleRumble.com, Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing, and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon. Hey,